welcome to part two of our Disney Vacation Club episode. We hope you really enjoyed part one and learn even more about DVC in this episode. Let's get started. A lot of things that has changed with DVC over the years, the, the amount of um, resorts that are available, the merch, and I mean, just the cost. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, I don't know, something crazy, like $16 a point when it first started, <laughs> which was just like crazy inflammation. But I, we would love to know what are some of those costs that are associated with the program? Yeah. Um, so there's basically two costs that you have to keep in mind if you're looking to become a DVC member. So the first is your contract costs. So if I was to link this to like, if you were buying regular real estate, this is like the cost of your house. Um, so how much just that upfront cost is. So this is determined based on the price per point, which varies from resort to resort. Um, and that all has to do with how many DVC points that resort has, what the rooms look like, where the resort is, what the transportation is, like all those things that make up your resort go into that point cost per point number. Um, So you'll just multiply this number by the number of points you want to buy. And that is your upfront contract cost. Um, So you also have to pay closing costs like you would if you were buying a house. Um, If you're getting a loan either through Disney Vacation Club or another financer, um, usually there's loan origination fees with that. So also factor that in. Um, I believe when I did mine, my closing costs and loan fees all together was about $400 and I was purchasing 150 points at the time. Um, so it's not usually a big number, but definitely something you want to keep in mind. And then there's also the annual dues. So this is money that you have to pay Disney Vacation Club every year, either for the life of your contract or until you no longer own the contract. So if I got rid of my old Key West contract in 10 years. Like after that time, I wouldn't be responsible for these fees. Um, So this is your maintenance fees and your taxes. They're all rolled into one. And the dues per point kind of go the same way as the contract costs. So it's based on where your resort is, how much it costs to upkeep it, if they do any renovations or anything big like that, what the transportation is. And you'll multiply that number by the number of points you own. And that's your annual dues. Um, so you can either pay your annual dues in one lump sum, which is due by January 15th of every year, or you can do what I do and break them up monthly. So every month I just get it automatically deducted from my bank account. I don't even miss it because it comes out every month. Um, and dues generally will increase year to year just because of, Um, the properties being valued a little bit higher tax-wise, or if your resort goes through any kind of renovation, which Old Key West did a couple of years ago. So it's usually between three and 6% that they'll go up every year. So also keep that in mind when you're thinking about how much your dues are going to cost you. Um, Certain resorts do have a very high annual dues burden, and it's because of where they're located. So if you want to buy into Hilton Head or Vero Beach, their contract costs are very low because there's not a ton of members who want to own without a theme park nearby. So they keep those costs very low. Um, But their dues costs are really high because they're in hurricane prone areas. So a lot of maintenance, a lot of upkeep, and they have to pay for more insurance, which is something that gets passed on to the members. So just keep that in mind. Like even if the cost for the contract is really low, you might be paying a really high number in dues. 
Yeah. Do you mind if I do some simple math for our audience? Yeah. <laughs> Just because um, I know for me, this was something that I was like, wait, and then there's dues on top of it, blah, blah, blah. So let's say you have a hundred point contract at Animal Kingdom Lodge, mm-hmm. which is, you know, very, very similar. And each point is $120. So your cost of your house of your DVC is $12,000, a hundred times 120. That's the cost of your, your DVC. Now the annual dues, I think Animal Kingdom Lodge right now is around like $7 and 15 cents per point. Mm-hmm. So $7.15 times your 100. So that's $715-ish per year for yes. your dues. Um, and that was something, I mean, choosing Saratoga, I know Oak, Old Key West is really low too in dues, but I was looking at it, I was like, oh, wait, why am I not getting Vero Beach? Like $85 a point. And I was like, oh, it's because their dues are $11 to $12 a point in Saratoga Springs right now, when I bought it, it was $7.11, which is one of the cheapest ones available. Um, so that's definitely, you know, something to consider and, and it's math. It is all math and I suck at math. So I really don't know how I ended up as a DVC member, but, um, it, it's just crazy because you have to put all of that into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a math person either. So when I was talking to my vacation guide and I said, listen, like, this is how much money I'm comfortable spending every month. Like I need to make this work somehow. And he did like my favorite thing that people do where they explain it to you like you're five. So literally it was us saying like, okay, you're going to buy 150 points at, I think at the time it was like 155 a point for old Key West. So it was literally like we were doing the math together. (laughs) Um, So for me, that made it so simple because I know a lot of people just look at that upfront contract cost, like the cost of buying the house and they don't realize like, okay, but every year I'm still responsible for additional money. Um, so sometimes people either miss that in their tour or it's not very clearly explained to them. And that January date rolls around and they're like, wait, why do I all of a sudden owe Disney $1,200? Like, where did this come from? Um, so right. it's really important like to factor that in when you're thinking about how much is this going to cost me over time. And I do want to throw this out there and this is not sponsored. I wish it was, please, if you're listening, but, um, as a resale member, I use Monera financial. They are one of the financial advisors for resale market. And let me tell you, it is way too easy <laughs> to get a loan through Monera. I mean, there is an option. It would be like a higher interest rate, but they don't even check your credit score. <laughs> like it, it is wow. way too easy to get it. Um, and I think you could do like a 12 year span. So I have a 10 year, um, you know, loan through Monera and they're super easy to work with. They give you all the documents. And I, I, so there's that, or if you do direct, you're doing it directly through Disney. So there are still options. Like if you want to afford this, but you have to, um, if you want to go and do DVC, but you don't have $15,000 up front, like that's okay. Cause you can always finance it. Of course you can just pay a little bit more every month if you have the money, but don't be afraid if you, if you're not rich, people think that all Disney people are rich. I am a teacher and have no money. So <laughs> and I'm a social worker, so it can be done. <laughs> yes. So it's all good. There's definitely different options out there. 
For sure. For sure. Well, so I'm so glad we talked about cost. And I do have just a base question before I go into my actual next question. So, Sam, do you or Kara, do you know like the average cost like to for your full contract right to like do you know what like an average cost would be to join into dvc like twenty thousand twenty five thousand thirty thousand do you know i know it obviously depends on the resort but is there an average um so most members when they buy their first contract and i say that because a lot of people have multiples i'm one of them um most people, when they buy in, buy between 150 and 200 points because that's kind of like a good range to start with for most people. Um, sure. Right now, I believe the lowest cost resort is 185. Um, so we're recording this in January of 2022. So if this number is not right later, please don't DM me. Um, but right now, it's like 185. So I believe that would get you around like the $30,000 range if you were buying like that average size contract, if you were buying through Disney. If you're buying resale and I'll just get, I'll use mine as an example. I'm very forward. I have a hundred point contract with Saratoga and I think it was one, one twenty eight a point. So 12,800. Um, and that's obviously for not including closing costs or whatever. So, but that's, that's the biggest difference is, you know, resale, you don't have those extra perks, but it's a lot less money and ring out the towel. (laughs) (laughs) Ring out the towel. Isn't that the truth? So as far as like a Disney vacation club contract, like what exactly is in the DVC contract? You know what I mean? So one more thing for show and tell for everyone watching Sunday. So this is my Disney Vacation Club folder. It has both of my contracts in it, all of my deeds, all of my loan paperwork, because I'm OCD and I need to keep it all in one place. Um, (laughs) But the things that you're going to find in every DVC contract, if you buy direct or if you buy resale, no matter how you become a member, um, are a few couple things. So there's your home resort. That is where your points are located. So my points are at Old Key West. I own it Old Key West. Kara's are at Saratoga. She owns at Saratoga. We're basically next door neighbors because they are next to each other. Um, then there's the expiration date. So all Disney Vacation Club contracts come with an expiration date. And it's based on when the resort was built and when they started selling it. And each resort starts with a 50 year contract length. Um, so right now I own it old key West and that expiration date is 2057. Um, Kara, I believe yours is 2054. Okay. Um, so our resorts are a little bit older, so their dates come a little bit sooner. Um, if you buy in at Riviera, I believe their expiration date is like 2068. Um, because they started selling it in 2018. Um, So on January 31st of whatever your contract's year is, your contract's over. You don't have any more points with Disney Vacation Club. You don't own any part of Disney Vacation Club. Um, There are resorts that are coming up in 2042. They will be the first set to expire. And what happens after that? Nobody knows because DVC hasn't told us nobody's hit a date yet. So in 20 years, we'll come back and let you know. (laughs) And this is why when I said that subject to change thing, 
when all the DVC resorts are up and there's only Riviera, what resale is not going away. So there's no way that they're going to be like, oh, you can only book at the Riviera. No, don't, don't tell me that. <laughs> and, and that's kind of another reason. I mean, I picked Saratoga because it was a, a value price and, and because I love Disney Springs and it's right next door, but also because it, where was I even going with this? There's just so much about DVC that I'm just so passionate about. I don't know. Continue. I'll, I'll, I'll find it out. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, um, but with my date, like I'm comfortable with my date being 2057 because I will be well into my 60s at that point. I'm hoping at that point I have kids that love Disney as much as I do, and then I can just stay on their contracts. Um, so that's my retirement plan. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember what I was going to say. That what the 30 years? It's 32 years that I am going to have this contract, right? And my thing is around twelve thousand dollars. How much, and everyone go ahead and think to yourself, how much do you spend on your, your resorts per year at Disney? If it's less <laughs> than that amount, I mean, it, it makes sense to the math for me mm-hmm. um, because you could easily spend even staying at the all-star resorts, $200 a night. Sometime they are, and you, yeah. you rack up you wrap up and if people like, I want to experience the poly, I want to experience all these things. And so my amount will never go up. You know, they can keep, they can keep increasing all these resort prices, but I will still be able to go to the poly as much as I am now in 30 years, which is amazing to me. So there it is. I remember. (laughs) Um, so the next thing you have, it sounds like the only, Oh, I'm so sorry. I was just going to say, it sounds like the only thing that is going to like could severely fluctuate is your annual dues, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. But everything else is the baseline. What you agreed upon in your contract is what you pay, right? Yep. Yep. So that price never changes. Um, Just your annual dues, like you said, will go up. But I know for me, like as soon as my contract is paid off, if I'm paying close to what I pay in dues now, that's paying like 1200 bucks a year to stay at deluxe resorts, which I would spend more than that if I was staying there for like two nights. So for a lot of people, the math just like works out that way. Um, Yeah. So the next thing you have is your use here. Um, So the easiest way for me to explain this is for people to not think of the words use here, but to think of it as new year. So We all start New Year's on January 1st. That is the beginning of the year. So for DVC members, our use year is our January 1st when your points year starts. Um, So my use year is February. So my new year starts February 1st every year. Um, So on February 1st, 2022, I will be using my 2022 use year points up until the end of January in 2023. Um, Cara, what's your year? It's also February. Okay. And I, I really wanted to make sure that mine was earlier in the year <laughs> because it gets confusing about when, cause like next January, 2023, you're still using 2022 use year points. Yep. So when you're planning your vacation, you need to know the calendar year and your use year of where it falls. <laughs> Um, So some people 
buy whatever you see here and it doesn't really matter to them. That's kind of what I did. I happened to be buying in February. So they offered me a February use year and I didn't really care. Um, some people buy it based on when they travel um, because there is there are important deadlines tied to your use year. And for some people, like those dates are very important, um, but I will get to that later. Uh, so the next thing is your number of points. How many points do you own at your home resort? Um, and then there's the annual dues agreement, which is basically just something you sign saying that, yes, I will be responsible for the maintenance and taxes on my piece of this DVC property for as long as I have the contract or until the contract expires, whichever one comes first. Wow. And your your number of points, I also want to mention, I'm sorry, this is going to be a long episode, y'all, but there's, <laughs> there's so much information, like, um, and I, I'm sp- specifically always bringing up the poly because I know Casey loves the poly, uh, <laughs> but there's different points for every travel season. So if you travel in March, April, when it's the busiest at Disney, um, let's just say a night at the Polynesian is going to be, I, I think it's like 40 points a night. If you go in September, which is what I'm looking at, it's like 14 points a night. So I could still get a hundred point contract or 150 and go to these deluxe resorts and not use too many points a night and, and spend, you know, so many nights there. And it's all over the place. I think the value resorts start at like six or eight points a night. Um, nope, they're very high, actually. <laughs> I thought, no, the all-stars were low. I thought it was just out of animation. That was like 30 points a night or something crazy. No, they, so DVC tends to keep the point costs of non-DVC resorts very high because it's prohibitive. Because it's like, well, if I could stay at the poly for 15 points a night, why the heck am I going to book art of animation for 35? Like, so they try to keep you your points in their system. Um, so for a lot of DVC members, like if for some reason you're looking to stay at pop or art of animation or something like that, like just book with cash, do not use your points for that. Cause it's, you're not going to get the value out of them that you usually would. Okay. Oh, so I had no idea that you could buy DV. You can you buy into like art of animation or pop century or any of those? No, no, you no. Cash your points out using, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can still stay at, and I think it's any of the resorts on property. Yeah, it's any Disney resort. Wow, that is brand new information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot, but right, guys, um, what question are we on? <laughs> I, I mean, there's a lot, but we're I mean, we're talking about booking right now. So for new members that are getting into this, how exactly do you book your first home visit? Yeah. um, So your first visit is called your welcome home visit. That's the visit that you use your points on the first time. Um, Sometimes you can get a little extra pixie dust if you had a wait list and they'll grant your wait list. Um, That's how I ended up staying at Polynesian in August, because when I booked it, it wasn't available. But then magically the week before we were staying at Polynesian. So um, things work out like that sometimes. Um, So DVC booking window is dependent on your home resort. So you can book at your home resort 11 months before you plan to check in. So if I want to go to Old Key West in December, I can book that trip at some point in January. 
And then at seven months before your plan check-in date, you can switch to any of the other DVC resorts as long as there's availability. Um, so when you see people talking about like the seven month mark or the 11 month mark, this is what they're talking about. Um, so I can book at Old Key West 11 months out, but if I wanted to stay at Kara's home at Saratoga, I have to wait until the seven month before then. Um, and then for booking rooms, there's a lot of different variables that go into how many points a room costs. And it's basically the same scale that they use for cash rooms. So it depends on which resort you're going to, the size of the room you're booking. So if you're booking a studio, it's going to be less points than a two bedroom, just because the two bedrooms a lot bigger, uh, the day of the week that you're staying. So Sunday through Thursday are lower costs. And then Friday and Saturday, because they're weekends, they charge you a little bit more in terms of points. Um, the season of travel. So when you're going to Disney, if you're going during a very busy time, like December for Christmas, or if you're going during the summer when there's usually a lot of people at Disney, um, those times of the year will be a little bit higher in points than other times. Like if you travel in the beginning of September, when all the kids are back in school and nobody's pulling their kids out of school, like you can get some really good deals that way. Um, also you're paying for the view. So if you're at animal kingdom and you book a standard view, it's going to be less points than if you booked a Savannah view, because you're going to pay a little bit more to look at the giraffes than you would pay to look at the pool or the parking lot. Um, the parking lot, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like with regular rooms, like you can request whatever room you want when you book, but you might not get the view that you wanted. Um, and then there's also a club level. So DVC does have club level rooms, but they are extremely limited. There are actually only 10 of them and you can only find them at Jumbo House, which is at Animal Kingdom Lodge. So these rooms are like really sought after. So if you don't own an Animal Kingdom, it's really difficult to book them. And they do cost more points because you have access to that club level lounge with all the drinks and the snacks and all those perks. Um, but that's the only spot that you can get club level. Um, and then in terms of like just logistics, so members can book at 8 a.m. online at either their 11 or their seven month mark, or you can call member services at 9 a.m. if you have to do some like creative point usage. Like if you're borrowing a lot or banking a lot or moving things around, that's when you call member services. Um, but I try to tell people to do as much as you can online because by the time member services opens and you get on with a cast member, the room you could want could already be gone because someone else has had an hour to book it. Um, so definitely try to do as much as you can online before calling member services. Yeah. I actually tell that to everyone. I'm like, listen, before you call and spend an hour on the phone, like really try to do it on the app. Try to figure it out if you can. So for sure. Uh, Samantha, you were just talking about banking and borrowing. So do you mind like kind of talking us through that? Like what the heck does that mean? Banking and borrowing? Yeah. Um, so Banking is when a member doesn't use all of their points in a given year. Um, so if I have 150 points, but I only use like 50 of them, the extra 100 I can bank or roll into the following year. 
Um, so this is kind of where your use year comes into play because your banking deadline is based on your use year. Um, so me and Kara are both February use years. We have to bank all the points that we're not using by September 30th of that year, or we risk losing those points. Um, and once you bank points into a year, that's where they live. Um, and you have to use them by the end of that year. So to make it simple, <laughs> if I have points from February 2022 and I roll them into 2023, if I bank them into 2023, I have to use them by the end of that year or I lose them. Um, and then borrowing kind of follows, it follows the same rules. So if I'm booking a reservation and I need 200 points, I don't own 200 points. So I can borrow from the next year to finish out that reservation. Um, so once you borrow points in, that's the year they live in. So if I borrow into 2022, which I have done for this year, um, I can't cancel the reservation and then put those points back where they were. Like this is the year they live in now. Um, and right now, just because of how Disney was so impacted by the COVID shutdowns and everything, members are only allowed to borrow 50% of a contract's points. So if I own 150 points, I can only borrow 75 into my year. I can't like borrow all 150 and have a big 300 point year. Um, and we don't know right. when that's going away, but it's here for now. Um, and then there's also an option for members to buy what are called one-time use points. So we can purchase up to 24 of these per contract every year. So if I'm booking a room and I just need like five more points, but I don't want to borrow from the next year or I didn't bank enough points into this year, I can call member services and say, hey, I need to buy five more points to finish out this reservation. And they will let me buy those points for $19 a point. Um, so in some cases, it kind of works out because you're spending less money than if you booked like a value resort for a night or something like that. Um, and one-time use points are really finicky because you can't bank them. You can't borrow them. And if for some reason you cancel that reservation, you have to use those one-time use points before your year ends, or you've basically wasted money. Like you can't return them. Um, and you can only buy them at the seven month mark. So I couldn't, you know, book a 200 point reservation at Old Key West at 11 months and buy the points I needed. I have to wait until seven months and then add them on. And I hope that made sense. <laughs> question maybe it'll maybe it'll clear it up while you were talking I was definitely listening but I was also <laughs> going to the Riviera point chart yep so do I have to use I have a hundred point contract mm -hmm. if I wanted to stay at the Riviera do I have to use all 100 of my points before I get those one-time points no Here's my thing. I'm looking at the Riviera point chart and the tower studio at the lowest time is 10 points a night, mm -hmm. 10 points a night times 19 points. So are we saying that I could stay at the Riviera for $190? Yes. <laughs> Let's book a trip. What are we doing <laughs> sitting here? What? 
So again, that is, it is subject to availability. Like if that room is open for DVC members, you could buy those points and add that night on. Um, you don't have to use, like if you have a hundred points, you don't have to use all those points before you buy one time. Um, I know a lot of people who they just need like that five more points, but they want to roll points over into the next year. So they'll just buy those points for that reservation so that they can bank more into the following year. Um, I've done it a couple of times. If I, if I know I need a couple more points to finish a reservation and my other points are tied up somewhere else, like I'll do it. So it's, they make it extremely easy to do. (laughs) Opens up a whole new realm of possibilities. It really does. (laughs) That is a whole new world for sure. For sure. Um, Sam, did you talk about one-time points? Yep. Um, So those are the ones that are, they're $19 per point that you're buying. Um, So if I needed like five more points for a reservation, it would be 19 times five. Yeah. Ah, Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. I wanted to make sure first, go ahead. Kara, did you have something? I was just saying you can stay at the Riviera for less than $200. (laughs) What? It blows my mind. (laughs) Sorry. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're good. So obviously while Disney vacation club is so incredible and it's like highly recommended by everyone who's in DVC because they're like, this is an incredible program to be a part of. Um, It's also not for everyone. Right. So I want you to kind of talk and walk us through like who typically buys into DVC and like, is it for you? Is it not for you? Kind of walk through like who would buy into DVC typically. Yeah. So DVC for the most part, their marketing is very geared towards families. So people with multiple kids or grandparents who want to bring, you know, their kids and their grandkids to Disney and they need a little bit bigger space. Like those are the people that DVC primarily markets the membership to. Um, But that's not all the people that it fits. So if you're a person who wants to travel to Walt Disney World or any other place where there's a DVC resort at least once every other year, it could make sense for you. Um, If you're someone who likes to stay on property when you're at Disney World or Disneyland or, you know, any other place where there's a DVC resort, it might make sense for you. Um, If you're someone who wants to stay in a resort that is at the moderate level, just thinking Disney World, or higher, like if you like staying moderate or deluxe, cost-wise, it might make sense. Um, If you're a family that typically books like Pop Century or All Stars, um, so no like art of animation suites, it might not make sense for you, um, but I recommend doing the math anyway. Um, So families who like larger accommodations. So if you're traveling with grandparents, parents, and kids, you might want separate bedrooms, but you might all want to be under the same roof, so to speak. Um, So if you have multiple kids, kids at different ages that are on different sleep schedules, uh, multi-generational groups, if you're someone who travels with like friends or friends, families, and everybody kind of wants their own space, Um, This is the easiest way to do it and not spend a ton of money booking them with cash through Disney, which would be like so much more than if you just bought DVC. Um, So it does make sense for pretty much any person who's really into Disney. Um, 
I bought in as a childless millennial who was not married. Um, so I was buying in because I wanted to keep going to Disney either as a single person or, you know, one day when I get married and have kids, like I want to be able to still afford that vacation, but I'm basically just paying for it now. Um, so it can kind of fit anybody. Um, I know Kara as another DVC millennial. I've met a lot more like throughout my time on Instagram. So like we do exist as a group. Um, we're just not the primary market for DVC. Like we're not the people that they're pitching to most of the time. And sure. also with that, I couldn't afford to stay at the moderate or deluxe hotels without DVC. I have only ever stayed at all-star movies, pop, an art of animation. And that's it. So when I travel for my welcome home visit and I stay at Saratoga and Animal Kingdom Lodge, like I just couldn't even think about that and fathom it and with without DVC because uh, it's, I don't know. So I feel very blessed because, you know, we go to Disney a lot of times for the theme parks, but also remember that it is it is your vacation and it, it is your downtime. So, and that's memories that I'll be making with a, with a hopeful family. Um, you know, down the future and even passing points on to legacy children and stuff like that. So very excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you, and I just want to just elaborate on that. Um, If you actually look into paying, like you said, cash to stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge for a week, like, yeah, that's $10,000 right there. Like, (laughs) or as close to that, you know, I found the Riviera before at like, 480 a night which I thought was reasonable but like I barely like that's not what the price is normally you know so for me like renting DVC makes so much sense and also like you said buying in when you do the simple math like Kara did or like you did um it really it makes a lot of sense if you plan on being a long-term Disney goer right we want to do this trip every year you know yeah and I I like to do the math on like what my trip would cost if I was going to pay cash for it. Um, it's just a fun little game. So I can see when my break even is like when I've spent the money that I've already put down. Um, so I'm staying in a two bedroom at old key West in may for five nights and it cost me 181 points. So I had to do a little bit of borrowing. Um, but if I were to book that room, on cash, it would be over $7,500, which I don't have $7,500 to spend on a hotel room. Who does? <laughs> so, so it kind of like, it pays for itself. If you're like a frequent Disney goer, like, you know, most of us and some of our listeners are, it, it kind of pays for itself. Absolutely. I love DVC. <laughs> the one thing that, you know, we, we still have to mention um, to our listeners, we're talking about all these different resorts um, is what we're, we're titling and what it is, is your home resort. And so can you, can you tell our listeners what they should do or things that they need to think about when picking a home resort? Um, so after the question of costs, this is the one that I get the most from people when they're DMing and asking about becoming a DVC member, um, is what should I pick as my home resort? Where should I buy my points? And This is a choice that is extremely personal. So it's like personal to you. I will not tell you where to buy, but I can give you things to think about when you're thinking about buying. 
Um, so there's two different camps, two different schools of thought of how to pick your home resort. So the first is buy where you want to stay. So if you are someone who every time you go to Disney, you absolutely must stay at the beach club. And it is my boyfriend's favorite resort. He would prefer to stay there every time we go to Disney. Um, so if you're someone like him and you want to stay at beach club, you should own at beach club because what that does for you is it gives you a huge advantage in booking over people who don't own at beach club. So if you're someone who you want to be at an Epcot resort for all the festivals and, you know, you want to make sure you get that room, you should own there because you can book it at 11 months out. Whereas someone like me who doesn't own there, I have to wait until seven months out and hope that there are rooms available there. Um, so it's definitely if you're a person who's very picky about your resort and you know, like you like this location, this resort, these amenities buy where you want to stay. Um, the other camp, which I believe me and Kara are firmly in is buy where you can get the best value. So kind of that like towel ringing, like how can I just get the most out of this thing? Um, so right. this, this school of thought is I just want to go to Disney. I don't care where I stay. I just want to go to Disney, but I don't want to pay a ton of money to do it. So you buy into resorts that have a lower cost per point and lower dues, because as long as you can buy as many points as you want, you don't really care where they're at. Um, so I bought into Old Key West having never stayed at Old Key West, because when I was you know, figuring out how much I was going to be able to spend and how many points I wanted to buy, it was the best value. So I was able to buy 175 points at a pretty decent price, but I can use those points to stay anywhere. Like when I stay at, when I stayed at Riviera in June, nobody asked me like, oh, you're using Old Key West points? Like it doesn't matter where your points are from. Everybody's points have the same intrinsic value when you book rooms. Um, so just because I'm at Old Key West, as a home resort doesn't mean I can't, you know, stay somewhere that's a little elevated in terms of reputation. Like I can stay at Riviera or Grand Floridian or anywhere else I want, but I didn't pay the Riviera money. So you kind of feel like you're getting a big discount where other people aren't. So, yeah. Um, Same for me. I, I chose Saratoga without ever being at Saratoga. Um, now have I, I've done my YouTube university search and of, of knowledge and background and have learned so much about it. And it's, uh, also, you know, it was old Key West or Saratoga, which one did mm -hmm. I want? And for me, I just love Disney Springs. And I know that I want to have a Disney Springs day when I go, when I vacation, um, and just having the availability to walk and, and just not worry about transportation for that one day made the, the scale of a difference to me. Um, but it's true. It's not like just because you own a Bay Lake tower doesn't make you any better than someone that owns at animal kingdom lodge. We're all the same. We're all DVC members. We're all paying Disney money. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know, there's just, there's so much Casey, do you have any closing thoughts about DVC from, from a non-member? Yes. So I learned so much today and I hope that you guys did as well. Um, talking to our listeners, obviously you guys are experts, um, but it is, it's such a huge thing. And I think that people don't 
want to think about it or look into it or talk about it because it it is so much. And I think that just like asking questions and following up and getting information from Sam and Kara, like people who like we're real people and we're not rich people, you know, like how many times do people ask you, Sam, like, Sam, are you like filthy rich because you have like DVC <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm yes. not. <laughs> it just makes sense for for you. And it, it, I, I don't know. I think that DVC can be customized to so many different families and situations. I I mean, I, that, so that's my closing thoughts. You ask me closing thoughts. That's what they are. Yeah. So so kind of going off what you said um, about, you know, people think that all DVC members were just like sitting on all this like disposable income and we're like rich right. and whatever. Like I am a social worker by day. I am not a wealthy person. I'm just not. I just really like going to Disney and I like a good deal. So this made sense for me. Um, right. But every time I go into the parks and I have to show my DVC card to get like a discount on something, I always get the person asking for the card. Like they look at my card, they look at my ID and then they look at me and they're like, oh, are you on your parents' contracts? Because like, obviously, how could I afford to buy into it as like a single person? Um but I can, and they're always shocked. And I'm like, nope, those are my points. They're yeah. all mine. Like my parents are on it, you know, just in case, but right. they're mine. <laughs> and it's, wow. it's an expense of a luxury expense, just mm-hmm. like anything else. Uh, I would love to have a, like a BMW or whatever type of car and people that go out and buy super expensive cars, you're paying that payment or, or you paid it off just like DVC members are paying the payment or have paid it off. So we all have different things that we do with our money. And, and I think DVC for a lot of us, we know that we want to take vacations specifically there. So I'm paying off my vacations in 30 years now. Yep. So it's a, it's a cool way to look at it. It's a perfect way to explain it, honestly. <laughs> Well, listeners and watchers galore, I hope you had an absolutely amazing time. I want to thank Sam one more time for coming on with us as our DVC expert. I'm just a noobs, but I will still answer all your questions. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to us. Make sure to like this video and to hit that no- ring notification bell so you know when we release new videos. If you're not already, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, and all the things. And of course, be our friends, be our homies, join us on Patreon so you can get exclusive background information and like do polls and do fun things with us and kind of see how the Why We Disney podcast team brings more magic to the community. But that has been this week and we will see you next Why We Disney Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Bye guys.